No, it's already recorded. That was it. We're going. Where's the intro? intro. (laughs) Pupcast presented by. (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's how we do it. Okay. Welcome to the hood, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) South Tampa Uh, style, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Presented by. Wow, it's bye week, and everybody just—you guys aren't disciplined. That's a reoccurring theme with USF. Teams and blogs, apparently. We're just very undisciplined. We don't follow directions. Who said that? What direction did we get? Yeah, the, the direction. We're the goddamn coaches. We're the president. We're the coaches. We're everything. Who gives a shit? So it's on us. It's yeah. On, it's on the coaches. This is an institutional ex- failure. Do we just have to execute? We do. Is, is, that, just, is it just, just us? It just comes scheme. down to executing, guys. We just have to execute. Kiss my ass. All right. Got to prepare better. Welcome to the Blue Naughty Podcast presented by... RP Electrical Solutions, 813-949-2390. Find them on Facebook at? RP Electrical Solutions, LLC. So, Nate, down here, it looks like we had a little storm down here uh, the last couple days here in South Tampa. If Down here. If you were um, looking for someone to come and take care of that short that came to your house after the lightning strike, what can RP Electrical Solutions do for you? They will fix everything. They will do it all for you. They will put in new fixtures, fuse boxes, anything you could ever dream of. They will rewire your entire house. You know, if you live in a South Tampa house, the wires probably haven't been changed since, you know, they were put in there over a hundred years ago. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Yeah. So, you know, they could make sure your house doesn't catch on fire. Say my mother-in-law is coming to town. I don't have one, but (laughs) hypothetically, and I want them to maybe loosen a screw in the (laughs) guest room. Will they do that? For if I slide them like an extra 50? <laughs> Off the books? Maybe. I don't know. I mean. No, they wouldn't do that. They're a quality company run by beautiful people. I mean, he's a nice guy. I watched Monday Night Football with him last night. Oh, That's very nice. nice. Couples night. Oh, Well, Did you have your little, little ones running around while you guys Well, my football? child was asleep. Only one of theirs was. They have two. My child falls asleep wherever she goes. Um, the other one is a, a month older than Olivia and is cocaine crazy. But nearly a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So guys, there's a football game played. What? Uh, oh my God. Again, something I happened. I don't know. God, this is becoming um, consistent or something. So the good news, USF won. Woo! Oh my God. <laughs> You're welcome for that one. <laughs> Hooray, hooray, hooray. <laughs> that hurt. That hurt me. Uh, so USF beat East Carolina I 20 to 13. I wouldn't say beat. I'd say they won the game. Fair. Uh, you, that we are now 7-1 and one or 8-1 and one all time against ECU. We are now 8-1 and one all time. 8-1 and one all time. The first one, I, I, we were 4-0. And then we lost, and I think we Captain Shane Carden came to uh, the day and saved East Carolina. I was at that game. Right. Miserable, miserable game. So we're eight and one all time. Is this except for the overtime game, which I think was like a one or oh two. I think this is the least impressive of those. Uh, I would say uh, the 2015 one, I think in ACU where we won like 22. Oh yeah. That it game was really was, stor- Like it was really bad. The weather conditions were much like Saturdays. Um, ironically needed a fourth quarter comeback in that game as well. Yeah. 
And uh, who's their quarterback? The pink, pink, Pinkney, Pink, Pinky, Pinkman. I think. No I don't know. No, yeah. no, no clue. No clue. Got it. Um, at eight and one all time, I'd say that we have the high, best recent domination of Pirates since Barack Obama. Hey, I don't get it. He had a bunch of them killed. Oh, that's a good joke then. <laughs> For those who read the news, yes. This is, awesome. this is going way off the rails. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try to focus. I know it's the bye week and you guys just want to go party, but... Um, you just want to talk about football. I do. Yeah. I really do. Let's just, none let's, of us want to talk yeah, about football Yeah, we saw at that all. game. We, we saw the this. game. It was dodgy. Like, it was so bad. <laughs> I made a Barack um, Obama pirate joke, for Christ's sake. That tells you how much I don't want to talk about this game. <laughs> By the way, this, this mug of crown was... When we sat down at this table... About twice as full, and it's a twenty ounce tumbler, and it's down. It was at about sixteen ounces. Now it's down about eight. Senator Giggity is trying to get Giggity. Senator Giggity is uh, here for podcasting today. <laughs> oh, cool! All my sponsors are here at once. <laughs> <laughs> so the good from USF quarterback is James Summers, who apparently is on the Steelers now. There we go. Look at us, as Scott a, guy as a quarterback. Our Look at our podcast guy. producer oh, okay. giving us the facts. There we go. Doing his job. The bear comes too, in. Yeah. So USF had two plays of sixty or more yards that combined for, if my math is correct, one hundred and forty-six yards. The rest of the game, USF mustered one hundred and fifty yards. Not great. Nope. No. 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 So fifty plays, one hundred and hundred and fifty yards. Uh, the offense sputtered. The offensive line was awful, just absolutely dreadful in the first half. Watched, rewatched the first half. Um, center Michael Wiggs had five missed assignments. Oh. Um, first down, he missed the missed a block uh, on the first drive. Second down, he just got pushed right back into the quarterback. Um, and then three others were either he missed the block or just got pushed back into Blake and blew up the play. Uh, Eric Mays. Coach Strong said he had a good game. Uh, first half, you didn't really notice him, so that's a good thing. Uh, the only thing is he got away with a pretty blatant hold on Blake Barnett's rushing touchdown. Um, when you see the defender walking back toward his sideline, his jersey is completely off his shoulder pad. Um, you, you can see. I don't know how the ref missed it because it was right there, sideline judge staring at the play and just completely whiffs on it. Uh, Hal Roberson, not a great day. He gave up a sack in the first half, and then he was the cause for the blocked extra point. He got blown up. Uh, he was on his ass real quick on that extra point. Just uh, this offense cannot click if the offensive line is that bad. So that bad is it? First of all, ECU has problems. They're clearly a flawed team. It does look like they're they're they can get after the passer a little bit like it, mm -hmm. this is not like a I mean they're a below average team in most of areas but it does seem like at least their front four they got some get off they had some ability they had some push like it's not like we're going against a top 10 D front line here but are we going against the top 30 D line possibly uh probably like top 50 or 60 and our offensive line is not a top 50 or 60 no. caliber offensive line so you will lose more often than you will win and that it showed up in the first half uh Blake Barnett had a pass batted down at the line because everyone it was a screen pass uh to Jordan Cronkite uh to the right side he had three blockers set up or two blockers 
And it was, all he had to do was make one guy miss and it's to the house. But Marcus Norman doesn't cut block his guy. He gets around the block and it's it, it, the pass is batted down and it kind of blows up that drive. Before Steak says what I can see in his brain, let me mm-hmm. ask you something else because I have not gone back and watched it yet. And that is my plan for uh, after work tomorrow. Um, running back. Such an important part of blitz pickup, such an important part of the offensive line plays, being able to have a back, they can also get in block. We've got injury problems back there. How did Kronk slash, I guess Johnny Ford played a little bit too, like how did they look in helping the offensive line protect? Now in the in the first half, they were fine. They were, it was mostly Jordan. He was fine. It, okay. He did not have uh, any miscues or misassignments. Um, it just the offensive line just consistently got beat and they got no push. Charlie Strong mentioned that there was no physical, no physicality in the trenches, and it showed uh, when you watch the game again. And it isn't a veer and shoot supposed to be a system where, like, these guys are supposed to be able to. It's this isn't like zone, like a zone blocking system where, like, this isn't Oregon where you're going out there with 260 pound offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. These are supposed to be big guys. They're supposed to be able to get you and push you backwards. Yeah, and this is year two. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the problem? Uh, well, from 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 my kind of looking at it, um, I, I was obviously watching it in the stands, but um, I got a chance to watch it afterwards. I mean, they were they almost looked outmatched size wise as they were physicality. You know, where our, our offensive line isn't big in, in its first state. Um, you know, we it's a pretty young kind of group. Um, you know, we have the big guys that we have, but you know, you have to have that big offensive line and that veer and shoot to kind of just really push back those guys and credit to ECU. I Vito mentioned this about three or four times, those blitzes and those stunts that those defensive linemen were running were like NFL caliber stunts and, and blitz packages. Like those were some fantastic disguises, uh, I, I, we just watched it on one of the blitzes, the defensive end shot up about three or four yards to kind of push around and then came all the way around back to the center to sack Blake Barnett. Wow. Like that, that happens with, you know, premier defensive lines in the NFL. I would know I'm a Jax fan. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, it, it, that was again, a lot of credit to ECU's coaching and, and their coaching staff and their defensive coordinator in particular. I mean, they, they game plan for our offense very well and we did not game plan for their defense very well. It seemed like our kind of go-to was just to try to beat their corners and our corner, our receivers couldn't get any separation. And when our receivers weren't getting separation, Blake could try to run the ball, but he wasn't trying to get hurt either. You know, he did get sacked a few times here and there, but, you know, he was trying to make the plays that he could, but it's just overall, like, that defensive, ECU's defensive line is, they were on another level that night. Like, they were the best unit on the field across across the board. So, uh, David Blackwell is their defense coordinator. USF fans know him because he was a co-defense coordinator in 2009, uh, Jim Levitt's last season. Uh, he also coached the linebackers and he coaches the linebackers at ECU. And uh, he, for somehow, has turned around this defense in less than a year. This defense flies around. At, I, he's probably going to save Scotty Montgomery's job. Just no, <laughs> nobody yes. can save Scotty. Dude, yes, dude. The, the I, Lord you know of, what? The governor of North Carolina can't save Scotty Montgomery's job. Are you kidding me? That I'm dude telling you, man. I'm telling you, the, the way they manhandled UNC, and then honestly, the way they manhandled USF, I, he's got it going in the right direction. Stop. Okay. That team's bad. How, how many games they won? Two. 
Uh, how many games have they lost? One. And who do they lose? No, no that's they're right. One they had one two. canceled. That's right. They had one can. They they no, they're two and one. They beat UNC and they lost to North Carolina and they A&T. lost to A and T and then they lost oh, to us. Sorry, and they game canceled. I just I, I automatically Jesus. just put Saturday's game as a win for them. One and two. Excuse me. It was me. a win for him at least. He's it was. he's two and one on defense. I mean he. I don't have the stat pulled up, but this has to be the first time since 2015 that USF's been held under 300 yards of offense. Has to be. Why are and we using total gross numbers? We're better than that. We're a podcast. What's our what's our uh, yarded yards per play and what's our yards per play? Uh, yards per play for Saturday was 5.7. That's not good. Uh, yards per play for the season 6.3. That's not good either. But you're going to hear from. Uh, <laughs> Your offensive coordinator is going to go out the first time we bust 500 and say how we're breaking 500 yards a game, even though, yeah, all right. The kind of overarching stat that really, really was bad for us, though, um, you know, 5.2 yards per play is, is manageable sometimes. You can still manage some big plays here and there. Uh, we only ran 52 plays. We, we 52 in, in our offense, we ran That's, 52 plays. That was how many times we went three and out. How many, there, somebody said, like, how many three and outs in a row was it? Six? Uh, yeah. So it was USF drive chart. You ready for this? I'm just going to go all the way through from start to end. Punt, TD, TD, punt, 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 fumble, punt, 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 TD, punt, punt, game. Yes. So 14 drives, eight three and outs. In the 38 drives in the first three games, USF had four combined three and outs. Oh, my God. That's um, what changed this game. Not good enough. Um, I honestly, there are a lot of injuries on the just on the offensive side of the ball, skill position wise. We had to bring D'Lo back uh, to the offensive side because the slot is just so banged up. We lost Terrence Horn uh, on Wednesday to a torn ACL. Is that confirmed? We- <laughs> <laughs> so we here. <laughs> well. Okay, yeah, he's got torn ACL. It's fine. Yeah, torn ACL, so he's out. Mitch went out some at some point during the first half. I still haven't been able to pinpoint when it happened, um, but you saw uh, USF's last, last drive in the first half. They kind of went four wide because they don't really trust the other two tight ends, and we saw... When the second half, when they did bring in a tight end, it was the old Miss transfer, Jacob Mathis, and he was a non-factor. Hmm. So, I mean, it's just... Did overly conservative play calling have anything to do with I this? I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that conservative. They took their shots in the first half. They they ran multiple screens. They had... It was just, honestly, it's much like Florida State. When the offensive line is that piss poor, you're not going to be able to do anything. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see... Uh, because everyone has such fond memories of Willie Taggart that they USF fans will give him a pass for now because of the offensive line of Florida State. But in three games, Sterling Gilbert had basically turned around the entire offense and it was productive. Mm-hmm. One game doesn't go the right way for them and everyone's off the board. They're just, they're jumping ship. I mean, we did have like 7.3 yards per play against Illinois. It's just the self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. What, how many 
yards of penalty or penalty yards were there? So for Illinois, 14 penalties, 124 yards Jesus. this week, three penalties for 33 yards. One of which was the Nico Saltel pass interference. Mm. That Bullshit. was horrendous. The ball there that was, went into the stands and they called pass interference. I, know, yeah. I was, I had a few pops in the stands and I'm like waving my hand over my head as soon as I saw it. And then I'm like, I didn't see the replay. And so I put it out on Twitter. I was like, that that was uncatchable, right? And like forty five people like instantly liked it on Twitter. Mm. So um, we at least cleaned up the the penalties from last week. So that's an improvement. That is an improvement. Um, but you're okay. So you're but you're saying ECU's defense is good. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Sorry, look, I'm not saying they are good. They looked good this game. They also looked good two weeks ago against UNC. Here are their S and P through week four. They are 108th overall. Okay, they are you 120 got, on defense. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. 66 on offense and 31 How, is about they only have three games so the S&P is still f- factoring in preseason stuff more it's, so than others uh, no because it's done by week so it's only factored out by week so it, they're factored out as much as anybody else even though they have three sample sizes it's still sampling as if it was four but that's still S&P doesn't roll everything out until week six so after week six, you're only on this season. So I agree with you there. It's some of last season in there. But um, 66 on defense and 120 on offense. USF, by comparison, uh, where was it? Where was it here? We're 48th overall, 53rd on offense, 48th on defense. And um, anyone want to explain this to me, how we're 38th on special teams in the country? Because I ain't seeing it. I can give off one, turns. one <laughs> Terrence Horn. That's I can give it. two players who are playing pretty well for us or had pretty good game. I mean, Trent Schneider. I mark on special teams. Boomed it. He boom. Oh my gosh. Let's let's uh marvel at what he did on Saturday night. So he had a lot of run. And <laughs> Illinois game, he was he was nursing a hamstring injury and it showed up. Kick, had two kickoffs out of bounds, averaged 37 yards per punt, got replaced by Jake Stone. He didn't handle kickoff duties because he was still having trouble planting on kickoffs. But he did punt nine times. For an, <laughs> for an average Nine of 49.2 yards a kick. And he tied the season long of a 72-yard punt. That's a nice punt. Two inside the 20. Should have had two more, I believe. Yep. Um, <laughs> God. One guy batted the ball into the end zone, yeah, and then another right. one, his foot was on the, the plane. And then he had three of over 50 yards. I mean, the guy flipped the huge. field. He flipped the field when the offense did jack shit all night. Batted it or kicked it because. I, <laughs> God, that was bad. Man, yeah. who knows? Who freaking knows, man? Um, what's interesting is every, each team has average starting field position was their own 28. <laughs> interesting. Fun fact. That of the looks night. worse for us, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Works a lot worse. Well, when both um, teams are just punting all the time. Yeah, yeah. That, that was how many punts they have? Eight, eight. Man, this is college, man. You got to score. We yeah. Get, what do we score? How many? We scored on four possessions and we punted nine. We haven't scored on three possessions. We scored on three possessions, punted nine. How many turnovers? One, and one turnover. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. Yep. Uh, but I think we'll. I mean. The I think the million dollar question in the room and the giant elephant in the room is is this fixable? I think that was like ninety percent of the questions that we have. Is can we fix is this? It, is it is fixable? It fixable. More uh, specifically, can RP electrical electric. solutions fix our offensive line and problems? 
No. I don't think no? that they can fix it. Um, but what can they fix? <laughs> <laughs> All your electrical needs. They can fix those. 813-949-2390. Find them on Facebook at? RP Electrical Solutions, LLC. Uh, the uh, We have not been 100% healthy on offense since game one. We weren't even healthy for that. Exactly. We've been healthy on either side of the ball yeah. since game one. So, Especially in offense, though. And this was a tough I'm, opening it, schedule for us. It was. With, with, it was a tough opening schedule because of Georgia Tech. It was. And that Georgia Tech win is looking worse and worse every single week because mm-hmm. it looks like they're fucking trash. Uh, and when Pitt, when Pittsburgh uh, travels to... They're going to get doors. I think Orlando like this already. weekend, yeah. it's going to be bad. Like it's going to be really, 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 really Although, bad. what does Pitt do every year? They fuck something up. They fuck up somebody's world (laughs) like no other. They do it every single year. They shout out to West Virginia and Miami. Yeah. (laughs) They show up for one game. (laughs) Just a a wreck fucking havoc. (laughs) And then they go back to being pit. That's our doozy. By the way, can I mention there is a pupper here and is a very good pupper. Oh, pupcast. I've just been putting this dog the entire time. This puppy, Violet has been staying with us for uh, uh, about a week and a half now. And Violet is possibly the greatest dog that's ever been. Such a good dog. Such a good puppy. Violet's about seven months old and uh, is like the greatest dog. So <laughs> and chewing on your table. And she and helps. <laughs> she can help. She can help the offense. <laughs> and she's a big USF fan. Yeah, she's big, big USF except fan. Except her dad went to Florida State, but whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely. Back to the million dollar question. Can this offense get fixed? Okay. Yeah, I'd say so. You're, I don't know about uh, you're anyone more optimistic than I am. I am the optimist in the room normally, and I'm getting back to my optimist ways. Um, why? Where's the talent what changed this? for you? Recently? Who's the game changer on this? Offensive? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, who's the game changer on this offensive line? Who's the guy who can go out there and just like I'm going to block one, their best defensive player? Who's going to block at Oliver? Who's going to be the guy? He so the three the tackles are g- average to good most games when Eric Mays isn't taking a 900 penalties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the guards and center that I worry about because Michael Wicks was getting pushed two, three, four yards back into the backfield against ECU. Mm-hmm. Miss Cam Ruff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I miss Cam. Mm-hmm. I think everybody misses Cam. Cam probably misses Cam. <laughs> yes, I, I saw him at the game, actually. I saw him walking in. <laughs> so, I mean, without him, I mean... I mean, we saw it the first two weeks last year when he wasn't the starting center, and that was a big question mark is, how are they going to replace Cam Ruff? And Wiggs, uh, I don't know if he's the solution, and, you know, I think I can say this. Uh, it was a Michael Wiggs was a big part of why Brooks Larkin is no longer with the team. Oh, yeah, we can say that now, can't we? Um, from what I've been told... Uh, Maddox never gave Brooks an opportunity to be a center. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stuck him at guard, um, even though he was listed as a backup center and worked through the f- spring as a backup center. And it just never materialized. And reports from fall camp were that Wiggs wasn't doing well. Um, and I think we were just kind of have to wait until Brad Cecil's ready to play. Because I think he is going to be a game changer. I think he has the talent. Um, number one center in the state of Florida coming out of high school. That's 
that's the guy USF needs. He's just too young right now. Right. And so you either got guys on campus who can block or you don't. And that is, look, I was the optimist for the season. I said we were going to win 10 games. I still think we might win 10 games because this schedule, everybody else, nobody else is any good either. Does that include Tulane? Tulane has fallen off a cliff. They're terrible. I mean, you lose the UAB and then you follow that up with a stinker against Ohio State. I get it's Ohio State, but... You got to at least a little bit more competitive than what they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So my argument is, is that the schedule is just so, I mean, we got to worry about Houston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cincinnati, like, okay. Ohio was hanging around. Although I, th- they're playing so many kids at Cincinnati right now that like it's possible by when they play us, those kids will have grown up and gotten a little bit more game experience and possibly play. It's so close. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Temple, Temple's trash. Sorry, I, I know they've they're looking a little bit better right now, and the quarterback change was definitely something they needed to do. Yeah, but and they somehow always fuck us, and they somehow always fuck us. But like, I still think we can win ten. I, it's just what's what is the prime directive? Win the conference championship. Mm-hmm. To do that, you got to beat UCF. I don't know if y'all have seen those guys. Um, they're pretty good. I will they're, not have any praise on this goddamn podcast for that school. I know, but. They're, any, and you can run the ball. On. The thing is, you can run the ball. On. Yeah, that's the only hope I have. But you got to run behind this offensive line. Of course, thank you. And uh, there's a. I again, I go back to my season prediction of of twelve and one, uh, because I, I there there's just something about this group that I feel like they're taking this underdog role in the very. Uh, I mean, obviously they're not looking great right now, but. I still have that belief that they know that they can win these games and they're winning these games that they're playing terrible in. But a few years ago, we were losing these games horribly. Like, but is it possible that we're losing these games because these players aren't very good? No, or that we're not losing, but we're staying competitive in games that we should be winning bigger because maybe we're not as talented as we thought we were. Maybe is that that's that's always a possibility. But I think I think the (laughs) like I, I mentioned this in our Slack channel, the floor on this team is a lot higher than it was last year. Agreed. Because, 100%. Because the talent on this team is just stacked to the brim. There are I, more bodies. Are there more elite? It's, they talk about blue chip players. Yeah. Do we have enough blue chip? Name, who are your blue chip players? Barnett, maybe. I think, I, I think Barnett and Cronk are definites. Tyrese, a definite. Tyrese, Tyrese, Tyrese St. Felix, St. Felix, and Solomon. I, um, How many of them are transfers? At least two. Uh, hold on. Cronk. Blue chip players is different than elite players. Blue chip players are four or five star recruits, right? Mm-hmm. Now, elite players, players on players that you go in the in the NFL more than the college sense mm-hmm. of the word. Defensively, who are your elite players? Khalid McGee, <laughs> correct. Ronnie, Ronnie, Hines. Ronnie, Mazzy Wilkins. I've also seen really good things from Rayshon Yates. Uh, I think he's a true freshman. He is. He is step. He stepped in big against Georgia Tech. He was the he starting did. nose tackle for that game and bullied their center, which is. That's a big thing to do. Yes. As a freshman. Kirk Livingstone? No. Um, who on that front four has been the... Um, Greg Reeves. Kevin Kegler? Keg, Kevin Kegs. Kevin Kegler has had a good season. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. been good. Um, but... And then, then you go on special teams, because special teams is important. Trent sure. Schneider's, Trent Schneider's, Trent Schneider's great. Punter. <laughs> he's a great punter, and when he can, can get back into kickoffs, we'll be good on kickoffs, and then, you know, God bless Terrence Horn... Speedy recovery yeah. for that guy. You know, this this team, again, it, the, the the floor is high. The ceiling's low this year for them. You know, it, it's it's looking it's looking worse, but 
the ceiling was a lot higher for the team last year and the floor was a lot lower for the team last year. We saw that three or four times. So Kevin Kegler has 14 tackles, four tackles for loss and two and a half sacks. Okay. Um, that's, that's not elite. It's good for, for a defensive tackle at tackle in in four games, you got two and a half sacks and four tackles for loss. Um, tackle. That's true. I mean, Nico, Nico could be that guy. Um, Nico's better than I thought he would be. Yeah. Nico's uh, good. Nico flies to the football. Yes, he does. He has 29 tackles, speed. six tackles for and loss, he, two sacks. And he doesn't make a lot of huge mistakes either. Mm-hmm. Like he's a, you know, he tends to be around the ball and in the right spot in most situations. Nick Roberts has looked good in coverage. Um, I know he was kind of one of those people that you're like, really? He's going to start, but he's been good in coverage. Um, yep. And I can will we say, talk, can, I'm sorry. I will say the, the run defense and I think Nate will harp on this more than anything. Our rush defense is pretty good. Uh, people think that we, you know, we we can get gashed and stuff like that. But when they when it, when the when the when the bell gets harkened, you know, they they come up big when they need to come up big. The numbers just, I mean, four game sample, but the numbers have been really strong on rush defense. Oh, numbers! I got I got some numbers for you. you I like do? numbers. Oh, Yay! I love numbers. All right, Thank so you. give us the count. I'm probably going to cast. Yeah. (laughs) Nerds. Nerds. I know. So we, I, I wrote a takeaway piece, uh, for Sunday morning after the game. And I spoke about, you know, third downs and running and everything else of that ilk. And someone in the comments just kept harping on the fact that fucking this fucking guy, that our rush defense is terrible. And uh, we've, I've seen it through. It's not just him, but it's pretty much somehow in the USF fan world, people have thought that our rush defense is bad. Now, 2017 was an elite year defensively for USF. They allowed 3.3 yards per rush with three NFL Defense alignment, all right, and your all-time leading tackler in the front seven. This year, they're averaging, they're allowing 4.9 yards with the caveat that they played Georgia Tech who ran the ball 57 times. Um, Georgia Tech is, that's what they do, and the, the guy kept going on while they're, they rush all the time, you know, 200 carries against USF. It's because everybody knows that they can't stop the run. No, it's just we've played four teams that rush the ball more than they throw the ball. Elon has thrown the ball 54 times in their games this year. Georgia Tech has thrown the ball 59 times this year. Illinois, 109. ECU, 149. ECU is the only team that has thrown more than they've rushed against USF. And it was not by that much. They threw the ball 50 times and they rushed the ball 46. They had the ball for 40 minutes and rush for 156 yards that that is a good defense without you know we're going to cherry pick and without the georgia tech game usf is allowing 3.9 yards per carry um now if we don't want if you if people will say well you're cherry picking the stats well then jordan cronkite had the best game of his life because he averaged 8.6 yards of carry uh, on saturday right Con- context matters when we discuss these kinds of things and it gets lost. It's, you know, last week we talked about how people try to equate college stats with the NFL and that's just not how it works. It's the same with this. 
context matters when you discuss stats. Who who are they playing? How do they get the yards? So, matter. So then we need to give them credit for having the best pass defense in the history of the world against Georgia Tech. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I mean, that, it, it, and I mean, Steve's, <laughs> what's Steve's fun fact? Fun fact. We have given up one pass touchdown in four games. Who's which, it which team? Which team do you think we gave up a passing touchdown to? Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what was the play on? An 80 yard, just a, Paul, a classic Paul Johnson. Hey, we're going to run the ball four times in a row. And just kidding. We're going to throw the ball this time. But like, it was after two consecutive kickoff returns for a touchdown. Like, <laughs> You can cherry pick stats like our you can like our, our secondary is pretty good this year, but I mean we've only given up one pass touchdown, but yet like our, our secondary can kind of have one of those up and down kind of moments where they would have they were literally one yard away from giving up a passing an eighty something yard passing touchdown, but uh, I can't remember who made My, the tackle. It was Mike Hampton. Mike Hampton makes a tackle the one yard line, and then Nick Ehlers you know runs in the ball. My X factor for the game. Yeah, and he he was he was he, an X factor. He was. I mean, you saw why he doesn't throw the ball though. He <laughs> threw it once, and it was a fucking duck. It was so bad. Oh, I I literally I laughed in the press box when he released that. I was like, oh that oh no oh, no, no. oh honey. Can we um can we also discuss the uh, since we're on the defensive side of the ball? Can we talk about um uh, Mike Hampton, who I believe was thrown at three hundred and eighty seven times on Saturday? Uh, they didn't want any part of the other side of the field and they just straight up went after Hampton first touchdown was definitely on him. Um, but when you get thrown out 15 times, you know, you're going to give up something. So how did he totally grade out after the game? Uh, well, uh, 15. So he actually had 15 targets, um, against Trevon Brown, who is a legitimately good wide receiver. How's he doing at ECU? Well, why is Zay Jones? Why was Zay Jones? Why was CJ two K? I mean, it Zay happens. Jones had Gardner Minshew. What's this guy got? Reed Herring, who was twenty one of forty eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. God. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so PFF uh, College uh, put up a game recap for Mazzy Wilkins. Um, he was targeted eight times. That many? It didn't even feel like that many. Well, right? when you throw 50 times, it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> right. Um, he allowed four receptions for 31 yards, and he had two pass breakups, and one was nearly picked off. Pretty good. And he had a huge pass. Uh, one of his pass breakups was a huge fourth down play that flipped the field and helped USF momentarily. Um, so what do we got on Hampton? Hampton, I think he's come on the last two years, and I asked him after he was one of the guys we spoke to after the game. I said, you know, Mazzy, Coach Blue Adams, the defensive backs coach, challenged him. He's like, you can't touch your toes. Start stretching. Do yoga. Do something. So Mazzy did that, and he's you've seen the progress on the field with just being able to touch your toes and just being more flexible as a corner because you, you need that flexibility when you're being contorted and you have to reach back and do all that stuff. And I, so I asked Hampton, he said, I took the weight room very seriously and I've watched a lot of game film. Those two things have correlated to him being a fringe. He was a three-star kid coming out of high school, out of Hillsborough high, high school to now he's a starter on one of the better defensive back units that USF has had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can agree that the three corners of Mazzy Wilkins, Ronnie Hawkins, and Mike Hampton rival 2007-ish of how good those guys were and what they can do. Was, in was a, that wait, hold on. Was was that Mike Jenkins and Trey Williams that year? That was. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just settle right now. No, no. Mike Jenkins and Trey Williams 
were ridiculous together. They were very, 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 very good. The they best were, DB group that USF has ever had with Nate Allen back there. Yes. And it, I get it. This this DB group is two, and there's there's a gap. There's a but, gap. But, okay, as long as we're saying there's a yeah, gap. There's, there's a, a gap. gap. Trust Trust us. Us. Those guys <laughs> will blow your fucking doors off good. These guys are good. They're not. They're, they're not. I, I think they could <laughs> not yet. grade out to be the second best DB group we've had. And sure. uh, Jamon Thomas had another 10 tackles. He led the team. Nick Roberts had eight in the big interception to ice the game as a, as a retro freshman who got no run last year. Vincent Davis had a good game against Illinois. There's guys, Bentley Sanders, who we saw explode in the first game against uh, Elon has been banged up and has only been playing special teams uh, for whatever reason. We don't know because nobody tells me nothing. Nobody tells you nothing, especially good English. Mm-hmm. So one, one guy who kind of is flying under the radar, um, you can kind of see him on death chart, Mickey LaPointe. Yeah. Uh, you will very rarely hear his name because he's that good in coverage. Like he, yeah, he got, he, he gets to start occasionally. He, he will find his way onto this starting group as well. Speaking of context, maybe that's the reason everyone's running on you. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> you would, because hmm. um, God, I would not throw against that. Group. I wouldn't. I would not. You, Mazzy Wilkins, cuts off half the field. Legitimately cuts off half the field. And when you have someone who can, you just put on an island like Dietrich was last year and in 2016, where you just you just let him be. You can go single high safety and shade to the other side because you know that guy's more likely than not going to get beat. So, and I mean ECU threw the ball a ton against North Carolina as well. That's what they do. And when you ha- when you give up 96 plays and only give up 13 points. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, the you can't, they're not going to throw 80 times. So you're going to have some balance there. Um, get, you guys just need to understand the rush defense is not the problem. The pass defense is definitely not the problem. The defense is not the problem. Correct. What's the problem? But I think we do have a question. Um, I want to get to this question cause I, I kind of, I spent three hours uh, driving to and from crystal river today. So I had a lot of time to think about this Incur Mihindru asks, do you think Charlie strong has the team motivated? Oh, oh doctor. So well, no, we're going to let Steve go first. Cause he raised his hand. Gary. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm polite in my raising my hand. So, the million, I saw that question. I was like, I'm going to take a weird spin on this. Okay. Because Vito's laughing at me right now. Cause I, I think he knows what I'm about to say. So the strong have his players motivated. That's is it's a weird kind of way to phrase this, but that's not strong's main point. That's not, that's not his main job here. And I will bring this up with a counterpoint here. The captains on our team, have two jobs, make plays and help your other guys make plays and, and keep them motivated and decide if you want the ball or which side of the field. Yeah. And that too. And, and, you know, do the coin flip and shit like yeah. that. But regardless, you know, we can, we can point to strong and say like you like strong can get up on that podium every single day before practice. And, and, and I've, I've seen these practices and how he's worked on these and he will get up there and motivate his team the best he can. It comes down to these captains. Cause you see players, these are not just players. These are friends. These are, these are guys that spend most of their time together outside of football. They go to classes together. They eat lunch together. They need to keep each other motivated because ultimately 
that's who's going to motivate them is yourself. Like most of the time, like strong can get up there. He can get the best fucking victory speech of his life after or pregame speech or anything like that. But those players got to listen and got to motivate themselves more than anything. Okay. So along those lines, yes. <laughs> uh, since August, actually probably since the spring, Charlie strong has harped on the seniors this year. All, I think they have like 13 seniors. Haven't really had a, speak up because the class ahead of them, you know, Augie Sanchez, Quentin Flowers, Mike Love, Bruce Hector, Deidre Sanat, they didn't have to say anything. All those leaders from 2017, 2016, 2015 are gone. Mm -hmm. And there is a ginormous void in leadership. And Charlie Strong has gone on about leadership. They need to find leaders. Someone needs to step up. These guys, the guys that who weren't vocal prior because they didn't have to be now have to be vocal. And I think that's where the disconnect is. So I do the seniors just have to execute? Well, this you, is okay. This is bullshit. And this is why. <laughs> no, listen. Because, no, 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 no. They're your kids. Okay. You're supposed to put them in a leadership position. You're supposed to make sure that those players motivate. You're supposed to give those players the empowerment they need to go out there and perform. So to put it on the kids and say, well, I don't know how he wants to be a leader. No, bullshit. That is what, that is coaching. Was that supposed that, to be Charlie Strong? What? Was that supposed <laughs> to be Charlie Strong? What? Uh, no. You're going to die if it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can murder me in my sleep. No, I hate these coaching excuses from college coaches. Look, you're not paying the kids, okay? Mm. Your job is to put a product on the field that can perform. If they're not performing, it's then it is your job to make sure they're motivated to do their jobs correctly. Mm -hmm. You've turned over a decent chunk of this roster since you've been here. You should have some senior leadership. If you don't have senior leadership on this season, that's recruiting. Yeah? Mm -hmm. They took in 25-plus transfers. Get some kids in here who can do it. Yeah. That's coaching. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Nate, I also <laughs> want to point to something that happened last year. You and I were on the field for. We were on the field for the greatest college football game either one of us has ever seen in our lives. What happened? Who's the only guy screaming, jumping up and down? I believe it was Darius Johnson. It was Darius Johnson. After the craziest two minutes of college football in the history of the program, maybe in the entire country last year, the only guy just freaking out was DJ. All right. And that that team, there is just a placid level with a Charlie Strong team. Like they just operated a level of calm that you would see from a Georgia Tech, which is a program that just wants. We just want to go out and execute. You know what I mean? And they keep it that you don't see guys flying around with towels. Now, go to a Willie Taggart coach team here year four. They're down there on the sidelines, dancing, high fiving, towels waving shit going on there's a motivate like you can see the hypeness mm -hmm. you know now you can argue that teams that do do the towel wave and fly all that shit they get too high and then they get too low that's certainly been an argument that coaches have made since the beginning of time and you want the team that's just sort of steady but if your team's not executing they don't feel up it don't blame the kids that are here because you you empower the kids and find a way. So, oh, you're, so what you're saying is we need a turnover backpack. Yes. Greg, get that bag. I think it ought to be turnover sandals because it's Charlie Strong. Like you get <laughs> Ooh, to wear oh, kinos. No. Nice, turnover nice. kinos. Nice. <laughs> yeah, turnover turtleneck. <laughs> and that's, that's hard to take off. We got a helmet, <laughs> pads. Uh, I, I will say I noticed at every kickoff they were – not swag surfing, but doing some sort of swag and defense is flying around. They're getting up and be and feeling like they're motivated. 
I don't really see the the lack of motivation. Maybe lack of execution is what they're kind of going on, or maybe not lack of getting the game plan, seeing what's there. Mm-hmm. Motivation feels like they're there. They, I mean, the defense is flying around, they're high five, and they're doing that thing. And even on offense, when Barnett scores a giant bomb, he's running down there to high five whoever he threw it to. Is it that Barnett's maybe not accepted the point where he's supposed to be the leader, even though he is the quarterback and a pretty damn good one at that? No. Um, so Saturday, uh, he came in. And he's, he's normally pretty calm, um, but he came in Saturday to the post-game media scrum, hat on backwards, and was just pissed. He was pissed talking should, to the media about just how everything went, how it went, like how the offense just could not put it together. Mm. And it was frustrating for him. I mean, the, he was sacked six times. I'm shocked. He's pissed too. I'm shocked he didn't break a hip. On one of the sacks, he got it was like an NFL blitz type of hit, <laughs> where like he kind of goes horizontal, and or like I don't understand how he's getting up from this. And then he was thrown down like a rag doll on a play. Like the kid is tough as nails if he's getting back up after what like what Dude, this offensive line did. Twenty. Okay, so here's I'm gonna. And first of all, I'm going to say that we're somewhat putting Charlie Strong in an no-win situation here because I think Charlie's best attribute with the media is when the for the 45 seconds a week he talks to us is that he is overwhelmingly honest about he, he, what he's thinking. <laughs> like there is no bullshit in Charlie Strong whatsoever. That's why it's 45 seconds a week. Well, that too. <laughs> but like he's an unbelievably open and honest when you can get him in the right format. Like does he lie to our face sometimes about injuries? Absolutely. He's a coach. He's a coach. But like, if you get him in those moments of candor, he can be, I thought when he was on the podcast with us, Nate, he was terrific. Mm -hmm. Like could not have asked for, you know, whatever. So if he honestly thinks that it's just a lack of senior leadership and things like that, then I appreciate him saying that. The other side of me says, at some point as a coach, you got to say, yeah, we, we're lacking senior leadership and that's on me. And you got to take a little bit of accountability for that as well. Absolutely. You know what I yeah. mean? So like you have to be able to strike that balance. Mm-hmm. But to say, you know, last year, Gilbert going out there, go, well, we just got to execute. Kiss my ass. We got to execute. You got to put those players in position to win. Mm-hmm. You inherited the best goddamn offense this school's ever seen. And you threw it right into the middle of the pack. So you I, I just I, I appreciate when coaches are honest and say things, but also you've got to take some accountability here. Like you can't just put it all on the players all the time. You can't just say, we just got to execute. We just need better leadership. No bullshit. You got to own it. Yeah. There, I'm done. No, it's understandable. <laughs> but, um, yeah, back to, I'm going to go back to Vito's point for a second. Um, one thing, the, this fad of, uh, of like, you know, turnover chain and, and like whatever, uh, we, I think we all kind of watched the temple Tulsa game. Um, T- temple's defense has a sense of swagger about them that rivals the the Miami Hurricanes in the 80s. Like those kids like North Philly baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know what they're putting in the water up there, but they have that sense of swag Cocaine. that that we really really need to have on our defense and our offense at the same time. What it is is actually it's the stuff that makes the rolls and the soft pretzels so delicious. <laughs> Jesus <Jeez, laughs> absolutely. It's like, cocaine. That was your fault. No, we don't do cocaine yeah. in Philly. No, no. <laughs> cocaine is not Philly's drug. Yeah, I should have used any other school except for Temple at this point, no, but but yeah, they're, they're, it's a combination of things as far, I think going back to the question, it's a combination of things uh, between the senior, senior leadership, between strong not putting those seniors in the best position to uh, you know be leaders. There, there's, there's a few fingers we can point at, but ultimately it, it comes down to this. We got two weeks before we play UMass. 
this has got to get fixed ASAP. And the best thing that could happen is a, is a players only meeting where all those players sit there and talk to each other and say, we're going to lead our team and we're going to do what we can. And strong gets up there and, and puts his team in the best position possible to, to win these games. Cause at this point, you know, UMass, UMass ain't going to lie down. They're going to give us their best shot. They're going to want to win that game and, and we're going to get their best shot. We need to, you know, hit them right back. And I mean, Charlie has gone on about how every single team is going to give USF their best shot and they continually are underprepared for this. And, uh, Charlie has said that it's on the coaches, it's on the coaches, it's on the coaches, which I think is talking out of the side of your mouth thinking it's like executing. You, you were thinking the same thing I was too, wasn't it? <laughs> talking out the side of your neck. neck. Let the band play neck. Let the band play neck. So <laughs> I'm looking I'm I'm looking through the annals of USF's uh history. All right. I'm USF has held their opponents to under 20 points in back-to-back weeks for the first time since I am still looking because I cannot see two weeks in a row where USF has held an opponent under 20 points. Uh, I am in 2010. That's how long it's been. Okay, that doesn't happen very often. It's college football. Like you're you're going to score fast. They're going to score a lot too. Like let's that's an arbitrary and capricious number. Let's not even go there. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> He's trying and to get positive numbers. I would rather see. I want to let people a points per possession number that's below X two weeks in a row. Why are we going by raw stats? We're smarter than this. I Why can we rip Sterling Gilbert for using raw yardage and then raw we go out there and use raw numbers? Points are fucking points because that's how you win a but game. But it still it matters how yards. many possessions you take and how many possessions your opponent. If you're scoring every 30 seconds, your opponent's going to get the ball 20 times. Mm-hmm. I'm just over here petting the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. 2008. I got it. A plus for using capricious. <laughs> That's, a, that's an SAT word. Yeah, that's three syllables. 2008, at FIU and at NC State. The last, two, last times we held two oh, opponents. Yep. FIU? FIU. Oh, my God. This yep. is, we're just going to take a bunch of Twitter questions because we got a lot. Uh, this is from Matt Galloway at Matt Galloway 25. Scariest game left until we head to U- uh, Houston. UConn. I don't know why. Wait a minute. Hold on. It's UMass, Tulsa, UConn. Tulsa. Tulsa. You do realize that team is coached by Philip Montgomery. Oh boy, he sucks. <laughs> that Tulsa Temple game was a shit show and wrapped inside of like a crap sandwich. By the way, I made money on it. That was so Shame the craziest play. thing, craziest bet of the week was I had Temple second half and the under. And basically last play of the game, uh, what the hell's his name? Quarterback for Tulsa. He's terrible. Uh, was Luke Skipper. Skipper, yeah. Skipper, like, literally clocks running down. He throws up this prayer in the end zone. Temple doesn't even need a block because they're already up two scores. It's the last play of the game. Kid gets behind. Skipper, all he literally has to do is just drop it in, and I lose both bets. Because it's a touchdown that covers and hits the over. Kid, if he catches it and looks down with his, puts his left foot down first, I lose. If he puts his right down first, I win. Right foot down first, scooped both bets. Craziest play of the year. Uncovered, <laughs> didn't mean a thing to the game. My Van Pelt moment of the season, ship them both. And he, the whole time, was thinking, God, I hope I do this for Colin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from at USF underscore P5. 
Uh, it seems we barely tried to get any playmakers in space for CCU. Very little swing, screen, sweeps, anything to get us in space. Thoughts? Screens! More screens! All the screens! Especially if your offensive line sucks, more screens! I say take a uh, page out of Stieg's book, run the swing gate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm here for this. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a fun film if we ever do that one. Uh, but the, uh, the, D, or the Solomon touchdown was a, uh, was a fake screen that would just burst it open like I think we've done a billion other times in the years past. But uh, yeah, ECU was really harking on those screens and, and swings and everything like that. And the second that a player was going out in motion, safety was coming down. Yep. So that kind of negated most of that potential, which is why that play worked so so efficiently. There, like There was a reason why we had two players wide open running down the sideline. Yeah, I, I paused. I was watching the film and I paused it right as Darnell starts to run. And you see four guys just converge to the screen. Yeah. And, I mean, once that happens, it was literally pitch and catch. And the offensive line really held up on that play. Um, Blake had, like, five seconds to throw the ball. Yeah. So that's why we did not see many screens, because they ECU was harping on those pretty well. Um, nice. Answer that question. Hi, Violet. Popcast. Yeah. Yep. Pupcat, so the dog ice and ice this is from uh, Z Purdy at well, Z. Why are you stepping on our? Yeah, we're, we're talking, talking about, about the dog. dog. Shut, Shut the, the hell fuck up. up. Fuck. The, the ice went Jesus. under. The oh ice went God. under, and no. the dog can't get to it. Oh, you! God damn it! Fuck oh, you. poor Violet. It's okay, honey. Come what happened? <laughs> <laughs> <right>, next question. <laughs> Please. All right. Did, Sorry. Did Nate, you next hit, question? Did you hit the dog? <laughs> Nate did with a just unnecessary question on like it's a podcast. Why are we talking about football on a football podcast? This is bullshit. It's a podcast, goddammit. It's a podcast. Bye. Bye. Oh, Nate's going to quit. Nate's going to quit. I'm about to quit. <laughs> Nate's about to walk out the door, man. That means I'm going to take the headset. <laughs> uh, this is from Zach Perdomo. Perdomo. Has our offensive line substantially regressed from 2017, or is it partly due to not having Q back there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Injuries as well. Uh, this is from Chase Boswell. What's the status on Will Cox's injury? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best here. <laughs> Your um, best for we won't get to talk to Charlie Strong this week because it's a bye week. The only opportunity we had was uh, the media uh, teleconference, and Steve, as Steve can attest, was a total train wreck. <laughs> there was about two minutes of dead silence in an eight-minute uh, telephone uh, press conference with Charlie Strong. It was bad. So, Standard. so like, is yeah. so? Are there any more questions for Charlie Strong? Sir, and then some guy from Philadelphia rings and he's like, "Oh, I, I didn't want to talk wanna, to Coach Strong. I, I wanted to talk to Jeff Collins. I don't want. I don't got nothing to say to Strong, Coach." Which you. is weird because oh. when you do a teleconference like that, you have to phone in to get into the queue. Mm-hmm. Like you have to get queued up. Right. So he hit the button and it was like, mm-hmm. uh, "Never mind, never mind, never mind." <laughs> Coach Strong, I've always wanted this. Do your turtlenecks come pre-stretched? <laughs> Because you have a neck like a goddamn redwood. <laughs> He's been rocking the polo now. Yeah, that polo looks clean. Dude, it's uh, fucking hot in Florida. I mean, he knows this. I think he got a little too comfy at Louisville, uh, Louisville, Louisville and uh, Texas. Yeah, that, when we were at that first press conference and I saw him firsthand for like one of the first times, like, good God, your calves are ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's terrifying. He's a large human being and a very nice human being. No, too. super very nice, good. but scary as fuck. Is there really no better way to do that than a legitimate phone call? Like, can't. Is, is that the it's, best way we can do this? Do you want to yeah, get a bunch of fucking Southern football coaches on a Google Hangout? <laughs> I did. By the way, I did one of those with Skip Holtz. Did not go great. Who's that? 
Uh, he's the coach who's going to who barely lost to LSU and is somehow going to beat who this weekend? Who is it? Oh, damn it. They're playing. Um, Unfold. Shit. Pop Warner football? What school is that? Uh, it's Terry Bowden Jr. Yes. No. And Vito actually perfectly called it. He's the new Terry Bowden. His father <laughs> may or may not be a racist and a legendary coach. May or may not. I don't think it's a may or may not with I, that I, The guy. legendary part was the may or may not. Oh, God. He had that one good year at Notre Dame, right? Well, let me tell you something. Guys. I, I, I just don't know what they're kneeling about. I, I don't really, know guy? About. You don't know what they're kneeling about day, at they, this point? Back in my this day. All right, boy. is going so far off the rails. It's God help us. far off the rails. We need a football game here ASAP, and it's only been <laughs> no, two days. I think we need a dog at every podcast now. We that dog Sponsored is, by the Humane Society. Absolutely. And? No. Not RP. Oh, uh, the podcast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dummy gun. You're so bad at it. Uh, you get, you know what? He's got the McDonald's headset on. So we give Nate this like super cool. funky headset, okay? And now, like, it's like he, Rhythm Nation. I just tuned you guys out when you. I, I have no idea what you were talking about. See, this is the problem. Like, you you, don't, you get the headset, and all of a sudden, he thinks he's calling like play by play in the yeah, booth. What are you, a fucking call man or a floor manager at a call center? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> I will take fries with that. Thank you. Um, so this is from at all USF. Is it okay to throw something at anyone who bitching about that? We're not ranked. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, they're close. I, I would assume either next week or after UMass, if USF wins, they'll be ranked. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Nobody gives a fuck right now. It really doesn't matter. No, at all. Not at all. Because guess what? We're not getting the bid. Are you three? <laughs> We're number 14 in the Coley matrix. Three. Shut the f- <laughs> Do you really think that this is one of the 25 best that just squeaked by Illinois yeah. and East Carolina? Let's let's go to the videotape on both those teams. And fuck no. That's why the Coley Matrix should not Shut be what <laughs> Illinois is 102 in the S&P. East Carolina is Nothing. 108. Oh. And our next opponent, Massachusetts, is 105. That's the University of Massachusetts. Actually, no, I think it's called University of Massachusetts Amherst. I know, I was making an Ohio State joke. Oh. Nobody got it. Florida State's trying to pull that bullshit in the past couple of years, too. It's not working. <laughs> it ain't working. Because they spell it with two E's. Um, so this from at Bucks and Bulls. Um, where has Greg Reeves gone this year? Last year was a huge surprise. Now he gets a single digit and it disappeared. So I looked it up. Uh, he has two and a half tackles for loss and half a sack. Um, Maybe he's concentrating on his studies. No, like, it's, why don't you mind it's, your own goddamn business? It's because he's standing up more and kind of dropping into coverage and being a spy. So you, you're not going to generate those kind of numbers that we saw last year because he's being utilized differently in the defense. Passes defensed? Um, none. Okay. <laughs> Little bully. Oh, they're just not throwing to him. They're just not throwing at him. Mike Hampton has seven. Mazzy Wilkins has four. Mike Hampton at seven, and I would say he got six of those on, yeah, on yeah. Saturday night. I was about to say. Absolutely. Any other questions? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, okay. UCF punt on Black Friday. Yes. Who? UCF. No. What? Who? UCF. C. No. Uh, this is from that USF swag, so I'm pretty sure this is Ryan Smith's burner football <laughs> 98% sure. Uh, sweet or unsweet tea? If you say raspberry, I'm unfollowing. Sweet. Sweet tea. Neither. Oh, you unsweet tea. What? 
Peach tea is gross. Peach? I, can, I, I'm I a, can get down a little bit gross. of peach. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the peach tea, also hot tea, because I'm I, Irish. I will do some, some hot I'm green super, tea. I'm just super on brand with that. I don't drink coffee, so I just drink a just a metric fuck ton of green tea. Um, but it has to be with a little bit of honey or maybe an orange. Interesting. Earl Grey, hot. I have a box of orange uh, blossom over there, which is like crazy caffeine amounts, but it's delicious. No, that's why I drink it to stay awake. Yeah, like it's like it just flavor is terrible. No, it, it'll it'll wake you up. And like a good Earl Grey, like I think I got a couple of those over there too. Okay, this got weird. <laughs> um, let's see. Was with the utter unimaginative approach to the run game. We were top ten in rushing two years ago. This is this year. We've abandoned any creativity. Who is this? Who said this? Um, at Lou Vandy. Okay, Lou Vandy, cut this so, out. So, <laughs> Lou, do we want to answer that question or? Go I haven't it? had this question before. No, I don't think you have either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this hasn't come up yet once ever. Nope. Um, I think We're I actually think the difference between now. two years ago is uh, your offense coordinator and some guy named F- Quintone. Quintone. He's, he's. How do you say? Is it Q U E? T-I-O-N-L-M-N-O-P. Yeah. Or, man. People who misspell that kid's name. The people who misspell Tiger's name still is... Tiger with an E. Tiger with an E. All of those GoFundMe's to buy have his contract bought out. Every single one. Sidewalk alumni. The one from former porn star Mia Khalifa misspelled his last name. What's porn? All right. Speaking of like adult entertainment, so after the game uh, on Saturday, oh, 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 somebody went to. Speaking of the EE, yeah. So I, I had some old friends I hadn't seen in a while, and they're like, "We're and going they work at the dollhouse." No, they were gentlemen, and they were like, "We're going to the dollhouse they after the game." I'm like, "I haven't been to an adult entertainment establishment in a long time. These guys hadn't seen in a while." I'm That's not even a real Jesus what? Christ. That's not a real adult entertainment. I Tampa agree. standards. That's, oh, that's a fucking lunch spot. You can bring your kids there. Like that's that's yeah. by Tampa standards. Like your yeah. children should be able to walk in the front door. Like and it, it's it, no, it's like uh, the Simpsons. There's a kid manning the front door. <laughs> <laughs> so Whoa. the mildest of mild. So we go and I honestly mm-hmm. have reached the threshold in my life where and by the way, one Steak, porn joke and, and Steve's Steak bringing is, out the Captain Morgan. And Steve just got the oh. Captain Morgan out of the fridge. I'm not even kidding. Podcast. Anyway. Oh, there it is. Whoa! Oh, there it is. Shot straight down. Please continue your story about going to the strip club, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> so I um Wait, you live in Tampa. You should get like a homeowner's credit for that kind of thing. Like they they give it's like living in Alaska. You get money to go to those. Yeah, it really should it, feel it stimulates that way. the local economy. <laughs> For some reason, my local ID didn't work. So I go. Um, I didn't really want to be there. I and I do feel bad because like I've reached the point in my life where I I I have nothing against the girls that they're this trying to make a buck. It's so sad and oh pathetic. My God, and like it's just gross and creepy. And like I, I mean, if you're sober, if you're drunk, it's fucking amazing. Nah, even when I'm drunk, I'm like I still don't like. I feel bad for the girls, and it's like I don't want anyone to have to do this to make money, and yet I want them to be able to empower themselves and make money. It's this weird contradiction. So anyway, so to justify my being there and whatever. I put the Arizona State Washington game on, which I might have had a small wager on. I'm sure that so, made the, <laughs> that lady's made feel great. So that's the best part. I put it on my phone, and I have my phone like sitting on the little candle in the middle of the table. Like we're not sitting by the stage or anything, or like that. So this girl, I have my hat on backwards. This girl walks up, grabs my hat off the back of my head, and like comes over and says hi, which is her job. 
Okay. And I totally am not mad at her. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm sitting here like, well, honey, I, I, and I like throw up some horrible thing. Like, excuse well, me, grandpa, why are you here? Yeah. Grandpa, why is grandpa here? And I'm like, uh, honestly, you know, nothing against you, but I'm much more interested in the football game. Right now. <laughs> Wait, was your hair glowing in the blacklight? Oh, it has to, doesn't it? I think so. Maybe I mean, it's gray as hell, right? Uh, so once you took her hat off, it was like a goddamn beacon. <laughs> so I go and she was, and I understand why she was like legitimately offended that I like threw out this like flippant line. What about watching football while she's standing there, like practically naked in front of me. I really felt bad about it afterwards. I like, you know, I was like, I'm did so you sorry. tip her or anything? She like walked away before I could even like go give her, you know what I mean? I felt really horrible about it though. I was like, this poor woman is trying to entertain me. And I'm like, I would much rather watch this football game on a four inch screen right now. Um. Yeah. And, and thanks. And thanks to Herm because he did cover. So yeah, like weird strip clubs are just we- creepy and weird. I'm they sorry. Fucking weird. Yeah. It's really gotten to the, like, and when you're, I guess when you're Stieg's age, it's still cool. When you're Nate's age, it's getting a little weird. And when you're my age, it's I've, fucking been, I've been to one strip club. It was when I was 19 and my brother and his boyfriend took me for my birthday. Oh no, excuse me. It was for my 18th birthday. It was a, Female strip club. It was okay. mermaids. Uh, oh, I went to mermaids for my birthday this past year. <laughs> <laughs> it was, strip clubs are creepy and weird, but on my birthday they're no, great. No, no, it's like a bikini. It's fucking terrible. It, it's, it's that a bikini place bar. is fucking awful. It's weird. Yeah. I went to a strip club for lunch one day. I I used to work on Adamo and I went out of my way because I was it was between uh Gold Club and I think Emperors and I was like every, I drive past it every day. I'm like instead of you know going to fucking Subway, I'm like. They got a buffet in there. Just saying. And I never did it. Was it a breakfast buffet? Um, I said lunch, and yes. I want to point something out about... Ron Swanson would love that. Uh, I'm coming from a different city, growing up in a different city and everything. I love how in Tampa... You can basically kind of get around by just describing where a strip, where the strip clubs are. Is that by Pink Pony? Is that by Pink Pony or is that by uh, Starship Three Thousand? <laughs> which which direction Starship am I? Starship Three Thousand is a goddamn fair ride. You're talking about uh, two thousand two thousand. Sorry, two thousand one. I thought, I, I thought that was some out of towners over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your Jags ass out of here. So next question. If yeah. <laughs> we even need to, I mean, this podcast is Jesus so, Christ. All right. This so this is from Andy Taylor six. How Andy. cool, how Andy. cool is our new commitment that has a pie, uh, Piesman moment before he comes to the campus. Oh, Have you seen that? Oh, big boy. That was beautiful. He was rumbling right, and bumbling and stumbling. I, have I don't. He wasn't even rumbling. He was just moving. I don't understand how he got so wide open. Right. Uh, high school football. So that is tackle eligible, right? Tackle eligible. Tackles eligible. It was eligible on the play uh, right. because of how it was. But uh, that's a dangerous threat for some trick plays next year. Ooh. I mean, that kid is fast. He was very fast, and a three star. Just keep him. It, good for him. I mean, dear <laughs> lord. Um, let's see. Uh, was Strong purposely setting players during ECU because he knew we, they wouldn't lose, or are we this beat up? We are very beat up. Uh, the yeah, the bye we could not come at a more perfect time for the football team. Clearly not for us. Clearly not for us. The bye week should have been never. What? Oh, oh, perfect. We got we got another question that just came in. Oh, off the wires. What is it? This is from at Kill Craig Kelly. 
Okay. Should I order order my Birmingham Bowl tickets now? Yes. And boy, do I have a stack of shirts to sell you. They say three peat on them, and they cost eighty thousand dollars because I already really, really overordered. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw this out there. I'm gonna put myself on record. You've been on the record before. USF will not play in the Birmingham Bowl this year. Instead, no matter what, under any circumstances, USF will not play in the Birmingham Bowl. Gasparilla Bowl, here we come. Now, Woo! I would say there is a very, very, very slim chance of that happening, mm-hmm. but it is slim. But, uh, but there is a 100% chance that we are not going back to Birmingham. Why? So I think it was Jamie who pointed out in the Slack channel that we haven't technically been to the Gasparilla Bowl in o- over a decade. Yeah, close we were the first one. And that was what, 2008, right? That was 2008. So, I mean, oh, it, shit. Uh, was it the first one? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Was oh, the wow. inaugural... Uh, well, Jesus Christ, what was it back then? Magic Jack? No, was it the Beef O'Brady's? No, no, it was the, you got was Magic just, jacked yep. up because I remember yep. I was, I watched the game with Spencer from EDS. He came down for the game and we had a whole video that he put together that you can still find somewhere on the Googles. Um, my sneak is just now he's going. Just, now he's just taking it to the head. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yep, yep. Uh, a lot of bubbles. We're oh. not talking about that year. <laughs> Is that the so last? Never mind. I was looking forward to, to calling the four-time, four-time, four-time Birmingham Bowl champions. It'd be so three. That was my terrible Booker T. Yeah, sounds pretty. <laughs> okay. Come on, we don't do, we don't talk about WCW here. <laughs> anyway, anyway we're an, um, we an ECW podcast. We are an ECW we're podcast. podcast. We are hardcore. <laughs> it's Terry Funk or nothing. <laughs> Sabu. That's a deep cut. <laughs> Sabu. That's an ICP reference as well. Is it? Yeah. I sabooed your mother through a coffee table. Oh. The whitest that's ever been said. <laughs> I was a big fan of the Great Malenko when I was 12. Leave me alone. Wait, were you a juggalo? I, how dare you? Maybe. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. It, you, it's hard to be a juggalo wearing a polo. <laughs> Fair. Fair. All right. Yikes. <clears throat> Anything else? Oh, yeah. We got tons of questions. I, uh, like I'm yeah, literally fuck it. Four hour podcast. Four hour Let's go. He's going to need some more, Captain. Woo! Um, There's like a million dollar question in there. If you ask that question, I'm going to chug the rest of that Captain Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing is 80% of the questions we get are questions that we answer when we first start talking. Yeah. So like, so if you want your question answered on the podcast, ask something stupid. Yeah. Ask it before we obviously have read it and addressed it. Exactly. And then secondly, next week we can confirm that we will have for the first time, Lauren Pickle will join us next week live from Colin's coffee table uh, or beer. dining room table. There you go. <laughs> it's like a, what? It's like a breakfast table more than anything. This it is really is. Exactly. Table. Uh, when I bought it, I didn't know I was going to be having five people over at a time. Like I bought it for two people. Yeah, and then, you barely know five people. Exactly. like you. They're all here. No, that's fair. Um, Man. We, I think, how many questions did we do? Like oh 15 my God. or something like that? No, that was like six. Did we do Facebook? Oh, I didn't put it on Facebook. Yeah. Right. It would have been the same, like, oh, why is there play calling? Not yeah, it just would have been older. What's wrong with Mitchell Wilcox? Um, oh, here's a good one. Why is an American great okay. Will the game on Black Friday decide the East Division champion, or will it be seal- sealed before then? Um, the game on Black Friday will decide the East champion. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that, are you on record? I am on the record. Okay. I will be on the record for something else that both of those teams will have one loss entering that game. At least one loss. Who are the Knights lose to? Memphis. Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tulsa. <laughs> uh, yes, please. Tulsa. 
No, I see. I see USF losing two before that. But even if they lose, they'll still be able to I win the division on the I last day. I don't see UCF. We win losing. the head. It doesn't matter. We see. win the head and head seven one. We can drop a game and still be. For the USF will lose two before Black Friday. Two before Black Friday. Okay, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they so will lose two. So we're sticking with will your not three matter. loss season, not including a bowl. Correct. I okay. think I, I can't think, argue with that. I yeah. mean, what nine and three? It happens. So that's still a good year. I, let's, no, no. let's put this and in perspective. I, yeah, that's a that's still a good year. And I'm going to go old school, Colin. Like, you know what? Nine and three, not good enough. No, fuck that. It's fun. I think. <laughs> We there's I'm with the at, amount of injuries we have, it's fine at Cincy, at Temple, uh, and then home for UCF. We're dropping at least two of those, and then including Fucking Houston. Houston, I'm worried about. Derek Temple King never is know. going to wreck us. Er, uh, Ed Oliver will destroy Michael Wiggs. It is going to be so bad. Oh, we're going to talk about Houston. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awful, and Godspeed to Connor for going to that game. Um, Colin's going too. Colin's going too. I Colin's think Steve might die. be going. Uh, man, if USF doesn't lose by fifteen to Houston, <laughs> I'd be shocked. Taking that a win. All right, I. I don't think Houston's that great either. I think it's a winnable game. It's certainly not a guaranteed win. I think we're going to, are we going to be a dog? Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. By, I'd say by like a touch. I don't think Houston's that great, but I don't think we are that great either is the problem. That's the thing is, I, I just don't think anybody's any good. I don't think they're any good, but I don't think we're any good either. Who Almost knows? like we're a league of fucking terrible things. Like everyone, everyone will refer to us as power conference, but I mean, we got really bad teams in this conference <laughs> and then we got, we got, you know, three pretty all right teams. Yeah, you and know, we have I'm going to say it right now. Conference champion Tulane. <laughs> yes. What a turnaround for them. Please. Let that happen. Uh, that Navy, would be that, such a turnaround. You know what? Navy, like that. I don't know if you guys watched the Navy SMU game, but literally, um, the last time America had everything go so wrong was November 9th, 2016. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like they just, they could not get a break. Every, they had to, SMU had to thread the needle perfectly. And then all of a sudden. Sounds um, like you're disrespecting the troops. The troops just couldn't get a break. Or man. the it, seamen in this case. <laughs> that That's actually accurate. Fuck you guys. It's so funny. Creepy. So, so terrible okay. metric. Um, I just decided to poke my head in. A ESPN FPI um, has us dogs to Houston. Uh, it's actually not that bad. So we, we're dogs to Houston. They have a 70% chance to, to win. We're dogs Jesus to Cincy. Christ. They have a 58% chance to win. Have those been refreshed? And yeah, and we're dogs to UCF, but they only have a 58% chance to win them. <laughs> so. Disrespecting the C. I like it. So I would just like Rivalry games, you know what I'm talking a, about? Going into that Houston game last year, we had like, a, it was like an 82% chance of winning that game. <laughs> it was, it was bomp, We had a 99.5% chance to win that game on 4th and 24. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like ESPN doesn't know. Goes the, oh, he's <laughs> putting me to shame. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you know what? Spicy. God, it's spicy. Do they oh. do they do that uh, for the games? Do they have like the game flows? Yeah. So for the games that we've already played, you can see where the percentages jump and such. The the win probability for Houston last year um, on third and fourteen, uh, the play where Dejan Sanat sacks De'Ar King for a loss of ten, 
and they're at their 37 yard line on fourth down. Uh, USF's win probability was 92.6 on second on second down after the conversion. It went to 62.1. <laughs> oh man, that's Wait, on the so bad. What was it? it? It won't let me pull it up. Like that's really weird. It was yeah, still in the upper nineties and yeah. So it, and let's, let's also remember not even three days ago, old dominion, University beat Virginia Tech. They put 28 on them in the fourth quarter. Uh, Virginia Tech's just not that good. Yeah, yeah. and they whipped Florida <laughs> and then, State, by the way. And then, <laughs> what, so. Again, what does that say about Florida State? That they're fucking terrible. They're really bad. That off, terrible. It's just the offensive and line. And then nobody's questioning why they have like a $5,000 fucking backpack. Like, where did that come from? So... Uh, women's FIBA World Championships mm-hmm. has started. Uh, group play just ended today. Uh, Kit. Oh, didn't she put up like a huge number in one she, game? She put up 12 against the U.S. today in a loss. The U.S. beat um, Latvia 100-76, which, I mean. Fire Gina. It's both <laughs> of you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was only a 10-point game at halftime, and then the U.S. went on like a 19-0 run to start the third quarter, and... You know, if Gino would just get it together with a women's basketball team, honestly, he's, he's just, the just worst. a God. Get I hope he doesn't coach a college team or something oh like that. God, That'd can you imagine terrible. how he'd ruin it? He would just burn into the ground. So, um, kid, Latvia was it was their first time in the FIBA World Championships. Uh, they they kind of burned out. Um, they lost close to uh, China in the last minute. Uh, they lost sixty three sixty one. The loss to Senegal, I think it was sixty to fifty nine. Um, I believe Kit had a had a three uh, to win it at the end of either the first or the second game. It didn't go in, but I think the experience of going up against Brianna Stewart and Diana Taurasi and Asia Wilson is going to help her this year. And I think women's basketball is going to be good. Oh yeah, oh, like. Yeah. Very good. And it should be better if they could get all if their kids in school. But it, it should be a lot better if they could get their five-star kids in school. But um, That's the, a podcast the, for another time. Then TOEFL scores, man. They'll get you every time. USF being the only school in the state that requires a hard TOEFL score. So basically, you can be like a 4.0 student from another country, and if you don't pass the TOEFL, um, and you can speak English, and you just don't get a certain TOEFL score, you can literally go to any other school in the state of Florida except for the University of South Florida. You can retake it, though. Uh, so I hear. Yeah, but how many times do you have to retake it? And, and you have to pay for it each you have time. To pay for it. You like you personally. Well, you better want to go to the USF then, don't you? <laughs> exactly. Um, like, like I don't know. Golfers winning golfers, championships. Uh, two uh, top golfers in the nation. I'm uh, sorry. I want in, my players to speak English. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, two that. top golfers couldn't get into USF. Uh, but they both played in the Masters. Um, one guy turned pro this year and has made over a million dollars, but he couldn't get into USF because of his TOEFL score. Um, men's tennis has had the same thing happen. Uh, do you want to be preeminent or do you want to win championships? That has nothing to do with preeminence. I'm joking. This is a stupid fucking metric. Florida and Florida State, both preeminent schools. Florida is a AAU school, which is what USF aspires to be. Isn't there? They don't have this metric. I know. We that, do. That's why I just said that. So. I'm just re- I'm How re- dare you reiterate what I was saying? I'm backing you up, buddy. <laughs> I love you. So yeah. All right. Um, so let's go to the Olympic sports. We got a soccer question. You want to hit that? Go. Oh, wait, what? 
It was a soccer question. The fuck is that? The footy kickball. Oh, the Euro. Yeah, I got you. Uh, it's from Matt of Mind. What is the reason for men's soccer's tough start to the year, rough opening schedule, lack of talent scheme? USF men's soccer faced UConn uh, on Saturday. And Play my dog. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, it was kind of a disappointing draw. Uh, Steven Rutterdam, who had an absolute rocket of a goal to, for USF to take the lead in the 77th minute. Um, he had some eligibility issues, which is why he missed uh, a good chunk of the first part of the season um, due to things outside of his control. Um, you know, he hashtag USF. Uh, so he, he, he's back, he's playing, and that, I think, is the key um, reason why men's soccer is 2-5-1. and one. Uh, but if you guys haven't checked out the goal that he had against UConn, you need to check it out. It's actually, it's a, it's in our uh, athletic uh, roundup. It's embedded in the t- uh, story. It's turn, Henry Roan Gardner frozen rope. Turn full volley, upper ninety. It was ridiculous. The hell does that even mean? It was disgusting. The soccer, um, the fourth soccer fans we have out there will get it. It was Carl. fantastic. So women's soccer, from just by terrible luck. And happenstance, they had two games canceled and hadn't played in about three weeks. So last Wednesday, they put together a game against Florida College, which is in Temple Terrace, a small Christian school. They're NAIA. We have more people at this kitchen table than they have at their entire college. It's close. (laughs) We're just like 500 shy. And we're exactly as pious. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, take another shot. <laughs> hey, I am. I went, te- I went to a Catholic school. I am ordained, and we have a Catholic here, so we're we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. So, uh, women's soccer won eleven nothing, and honestly, they weren't trying to score. It's just like it's it just practice for a, them. it was just in the flow of things. That's how it happened. Um, Evelyn Viennes had a hat trick, and she actually scored four goals. Uh, stud freshman Sydney Nacello had uh, her first career hat trick. What's interesting is the stats don't count for Florida College, but the stats do count for USF. <laughs> I like it. So this was the biggest, uh, the most goals scored in a USF soccer game uh, for women's soccer, so that, that was nice. Um, uh, volleyball. <sighs> Man. Right, talk about this oh, here we go. All right. Pop Pop's mad. Pop is just okay. So Pop Pop went over to watch <laughs> uh, FAU the night over at a friend's house. But the entire time, I had the volleyball game up on my phone, and I was living and dying. Um, Connor was there, so the crowd was lit as hell. Um, this is I this is from AF. his story. It says one in one of the best on campus atmospheres I've seen in quite a while. Yeah, that was his starter. So the little blurb about volleyball. Now I can remember this is how that's all grandpa is. I used that used to be a good game. Like we used to fill that place for games when we were we had a season where we went 15 and one at home and we beat everybody and the only loss was like in five. Um we used to be really, really good at the sport and we would draw like that and the crowds would be great. The the thing that first of all you got to stand up on a set point in a volleyball match and the fans don't stand when we have 24 and we're trying to score the set winner. Like got to do that. That's like standard volleyball fan practice, but whatevs. Um, it looked amazing on, it looked amazing on the stream. Uh, I think they played well. I think they're going to regret some of the passing late. Um, the fifth set was just, it was pure agony. That was one that it was, it was on their racket and they had a shot and they just couldn't quite get over the hump. Got to give, give the Knights credit. They got a lot of players out there who can really play. Um, 
but man, that hurt. And it, it's so good because it shows how much closer this program is to getting to where they need to be to get to five against the Knights, um, to play well, to have some balance in the offense. But man, they, they could have really used that one and they're going to get another shot at the night. So, you know, season's still in play here. There is no conference tournament, as we've said before, but they open the season with UCF and they close the season with UCF. So if they can find some momentum and find a way to possibly get it done at the end of the year, this match might not even hurt them in the long run. Yep. Um, and it was a big bounce back. So they played North Florida on uh, Sunday, I believe. Yeah, on Sunday. They literally, I and think they destroyed won that. Them. They like, straight, straight sets. It was like an hour. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they, I saw the tweet to open that and then, like, immediately saw the tweet that the match was over. Yeah. won 3 0. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was it was a very clean win. It was 25 20, 25 16, 25 17. Like, yeah. There was pure domination. Um, outside hitter, uh, Jakara Walker was named to the honor roll for the second straight week. She's really good. Yes. Um, the Bulls will resume conference play on Friday with a trip to Memphis. Um, other things, uh, women's soccer uh, will head to Virginia, or excuse me, women's golf will head to Virginia Beach for the Old Dominion Fall Invitational on October 5th. Uh, men's golf uh, just competed at the Wyndon Memorial Classic in Lake Forest, Illinois, and they finished uh, sixth with a, they shot an eight over uh, par for the tournament uh, only two schools shot under par for the for the weekend um marquette won it and michigan state iowa state northern illinois and michigan rounded out the top five so i mean those are some yeah um, you know obviously they, and golf is like a sport where like it's like almost 80 some teams make make the regionals now so yeah. like you know there's still mm-hmm. yeah it's it's not like 64 like some sports there's a big field and they play in like six six different regionals and we are guys. country club schools so we are we, the, have, we, that, are we country, have that going for us we are a country club how are school. we doing in yachting or sorry sorry sailing um i don't think they have any i don't think they have sail anything. Yeah. yeah come sail away nothing with me. it's, uh, called, no, it's it was, called a regatta we beat navy, we beat navy in sailing and that's some shit to brag about um, so at the Mountain Dew Invitational in Gainesville, the men's cross country team finished sixth out of nine teams and women's cross country finished 11th out of 12. Again, for some reason, we cannot get people who can run in Florida and it blows my mind. 24 point swing in the war on I four last year because we got 12th and the Knights got 11th in both men's and women's 24 point swing. We ain't winning that damn trophy until we get this fixed. And I mean, we we asked Michael Kelly about it um, in we Newport. We did, and I don't we know. Put I don't on the pod. I don't know if it, <laughs> I don't know if it made the if it was left on the cutting room floor. But we did ask him about it, and uh, basically what he said was, uh, "We've he's got to evaluate to see if they're if they have enough resources to compete, and uh, if they don't, then we have to adjust our expectations." Um, if <laughs> I tell my boss that all the time. <laughs> Listen, you got to adjust your expectations. I'm going to have a consistent we, level of work here, and you're going to deal with it. Yeah, it's. Uh, he basically said, if we're giving him this, then we have to expect this. We can't expect the top tier program if they're not getting right. the proper support, no, food, shoes, things like that. <laughs> if you're taking six hour van rides and getting out of the van and having to go run, that's probably not a real good idea. No, yeah, probably not. I'm sorry, breaking. No, I gave the dog some ice, and it's adorable. Oh, it's so cute. Pupcast. We got one big oh, sport yeah. we haven't we haven't talked about because What's they that? started their season on Saturday, and we need to talk about it because it's a hockey town that we live in, hockey and we got two hometown teams. We got the Tampa Bay Lightning, and we got the USF Ice Bulls. Slappy puck. Those USF Ice Bulls played at Embry Riddle Aeronautical University on Saturday. Uh, coincidentally, right before the uh, 
the uh, game we had against ECU, uh-huh. and beat that ass uh, 10-1. <laughs> uh, 10-1 Damn, in hockey. They had 60 shots on goal. Not, si- not 60 shots, because they, they do the same registering. 60 shots on goal for three periods. So that's, that's I feel like that's 6-1. Were there USF fans in their mentions asking why it wasn't a shutout? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure there was. Were they talking about bad passing? But, uh, <laughs> oh man, they were wondering why they weren't running the ball well. But, uh, yeah, no, so uh, we we destroyed Embry Riddle, but obviously we we should. We're pretty, if you haven't looked into the ice pools, we actually have a pretty decent hockey team. Uh, they're technically kind of like in the club slash mm-hmm. recognized gray area. Gray area. I'm a big. They're D three school. Yes, we're, we're D three in hockey, Level, and we yes. uh, think think we went to uh, what was it? Kind of like nationals. Yeah, uh, two, yeah. two years ago. Two yeah, years two years ago. ago. Yep. I yeah. went to one of those games. It was fun. I was gonna say, I, as a uh, somebody who is a huge fan and supporter of the USF Ice Bowls, I have never been to a game nor bought anything. There, so. <laughs> yeah. and I, I will. I will like and retweet the shit out of them though. Yes, and they have their next game against UT on the twenty eighth. Oh, um, those. Filthy Spartans. Yeah. So um, the the schedule is actually filled with you know some pretty decent Wait, like notable teams. Where the hell is the hockey rink that UT's playing at? It's Emily, about it's about, as, it's about as close to them as our hockey stadium. Oh, so they play stadium. in Newport Richie, <laughs> yeah, Brand, uh, Brandon Ice Rink. Yeah. yeah. Um, but our, our the schedule for the Ice Bowls is actually filled with some pretty decent and surprising schools, and uh, those oh, include I see a teams years. like the University of Miami has a hockey team that we play. Okay. Um, mm. Colorado, Ohio, Miss, or like. No, the, like the, the, the U. The U. Okay. The U. Not the Red Hawks. Uh, then we play like Colorado Mesa, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, and then some small schools. And then we also play a little team in Oviedo that we play about four or five times. So we should go support them there. So I went to one of those games like years and years ago, um, and it was just fights, like just fights everywhere. There was yeah. beer. It was at the Ice Sports Forum. And I'm on board. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to just get in a drunken brawl, like you know, I, I, just, I can think of worse places. It's to just it. hard to get to Wesley Chapel. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Unless you're one and of these One of these people. Folks. One of these. And then I have a weird. NOKs over here. NOK, baby. And then I have a weird kind of thing that I mentioned in Slack a couple days ago that uh, everyone's kind of brushed off. We won a national championship like a week and a half ago. And? What? Oh, pa- collegiate paintball. Yeah. Whoa! Go Bulls! <laughs> And that's Go like balls. a that's like a redneck national champions. Hot damn! It's like one of the bass fishing. We're coming for you. It's one of those weird, not recognized but recognized national championships. Uh, we beat teams like Texas Tech, Army. Uh, who we beat they? Army in paintball. <laughs> Holy shit! We're putting that next to Navy and sailing. <laughs> Next thing, Air Force and droning. <laughs> How many points do we get in the Bass Pro Cup for that? <laughs> Holy shit, now I'm a little excited. Now I know we beat. I mean, like, I think at the end of the day, I think Texas Tech could take the actual U.S. Army because of militias. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so the fact we beat them both is fantastic. But, yeah, so I think uh, if if my math is correct here, that is the second recognized national championship the USF has ever had. Uh, and Colin rif- can probably correct me because in the 60s rifle? we won in uh, chess. Cricket? Oh, chess. Uh, chess. Um, Rifle. John, oh, what the hell was his name? John Dennis won actual two real national championships in the three in the 3,000 meter or the 5,000 meter in like 92 and 93 for our track team. Jesus. Michelle Scarborough won a rifle national championship NCAA, and I think somebody else on the rifle team won one too, but she won like four or five. Like They were like, they're single and double and different kind of guns and shit. These are some country-ass fucking national champions. So, um... Redneck cup, here we come. <laughs> no, yeah. we don't. We can't compete in the mullet house. Yeah. So like, there's. So I think 
I'm trying to think. Oh, and the flag football team won one like when I was in school. We had a we had a flag football team that was so good. Like if you Google flag football plays, they're like the first thing that popped. They were ungodly good. When you were in school, we didn't have a real football team though, so it was fun. Not because you're, oh, yeah, you're old. You're old. The yeah. first time I went to USF, yeah, we. I, Holy we didn't shit! Have I was joking. Yet. All right. Nah, <laughs> we didn't have a team yet. Ooh. It's true. Did you play with dinosaur bones? Well, I don't know what you're doing yet. <laughs> Did you, like, when you went to... We used to walk uphill both ways to get to campus. In the snow. It's weird as fuck. This is Tampa. (laughs) I used to uh, pedal up to the old uh, Arby's, and they put a goddamn giant brontosaurus rib on the side of your car and flip over. I went, yeah, I went for one year when we didn't have football, and then I was told not to come back for a little while because my grades weren't very good, and then I came back, and I did eventually graduate. That's a true USF Um, love story. You stay forever, baby. Let's go. Yeah. All right, so um, did you guys ever play Greg Hastings paintball on Xbox? No, no, what? I don't play. No. I don't play Xbox like you play Xbox with your NCA fourteen. If I series. had an Xbox, I wouldn't play some fucking boring ass paintball. It was actually really fun. I played splatterball on AOL. Oh, if you're interested, if you yeah. would you be interested in the Daily Stampede Twitch channel to watch Nate play NCAA in real time? Oh or man, Steve hold, take I, hold on, I got I got Captain Morgan. I got a fucking story for y'all. Oh. Uh, so I'm playing uh, my dynasty. All right. And I'm in like year 2020, 2021. Or Do you call like it dynasty? No, I don't. You should. I call it dynasty. It's a Game of Thrones reference, folks. That's, well, how, they, that's how they pronounce it. That's how they pronounce it. Uh, so national championship game. I win. I think it was 85, 21. <laughs> Olivia fucking turned off the Xbox. before. <gasps> oh! I you got to You got You got to drive to Nebraska. Oh my the fired, God. Uh, I, I was <laughs> Pissed. Who's her new mom? <laughs> you you uh, gave her up, right? Oh man, she's out. She's out of the house. Yeah. I was pissed. Is she the one working the door at? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one where Abe, where Abe walks in? Dude, walks right back out. We have a lot of under the radar Simpsons jokes here, and if you listen to this podcast, you should be a Simpsons aficionado. Like Gabletron two thousand. Yeah. And Honestly, not, I'm not a Simpsons person at all, but I get all the jokes. But you, once again, I've you hung out with you guys for enough. You were song. you were alive way before talkies. It's true. <laughs> Me and Al Jolson, baby. There's only one Simpsons oh. reference that I get in that everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> everything's coming up Millhouse. And that's that's a good uh, kind of precursor for our season right now. Everything's coming up Millhouse. For gambling for us this year, everything is coming up Millhouse because <laughs> yeah. we are yeah. all murdering yeah. in a gamble. Yeah, like, yeah guess I, what? It, it doesn't end up working out for Millhouse kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the rest of that fucking, I don't know, season, show, ever, anything. I got nothing. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, I oh, no, let's keep going. I'm looking for a new daughter, uh, preferably one who does not turn off Xbox. No arms. I have a dog. <laughs> no, I'm all right. No, uh, I got a dog story about an Xbox. Um, okay. So I grew up with the owner of RP Electrical Solutions, and we were huge uh, NHL 2008 fans. We would always play Xbox, and we actually kept like a tally, a running tally. There was four of us. We would keep a running tally of our wins and losses, and there was a dog that. Uh, lived at his house that would always walk behind the TV and unplug everything. I feel like you would fix that after the 19th time. You would think that. After being a, <laughs> but the dog, it was a little like chihuahua that just like snuck in. Something that dog met its proper demise. It got hit by a car and run over. Oh, I was, Jesus, I thought this was going to be out. long and boring. It was short and boring. That's way better. Okay. Continue. <laughs> like your life. Exactly. Oh, no, that's very long short and boring. Very boring. Very long. It's been too oh, long already, pal. Fair. 
fair. Are you kidding? Also, you just like randomly hung out with Colin. All the greatest things happen. It's like the yeah, but he thing. but he just happens to be there. He's like the Forrest Gump of shit. That is so true. I cannot possibly think of a <laughs> like, better way to define my life. You just stand a little, like two feet to the left of him, and you'll have a good time. But if you actually engage him, fucking terrible. Yeah, kind of the truth. Can't lie. That's fair. I and I we, suck at ping pong, but we're all really good at like, arcade basketball too. That's true. We are, we are very, we are very good at Papa Shot. We are good at Papa Shot. No idea what you're talking about. We will challenge any blog on the SB Nation Network at Papa Shot. All right. I think we're done. <laughs> we're, we, were done like, so. we were done like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> this has been going on for we were done when we started. We it's go. an hour 50, and don't cut this out. This is going to be a 40-minute podcast. <laughs> no, no joke. That's so off the rails. It's going to be bad. So I know. I cannot drink. I have literally, during the summer, I don't drink a lot because like, I know football season's coming. Fed. And I'm fat. So the, I, I have like, it's the bye week My goal for the bye week is to just not drink yeah, I know. at all. And I will like, drink, but then I realized I'm not that funny sober or drunk. So I'd rather be drunk and not be funny. Right. But like, I, I literally can't, I have to rest my body. Like I've been drinking at these football games, home road, whatever, way too much. And I'm like, I'm just going to take two weeks. No booze. Your kidneys have walkers. <laughs> Fair commentary. All right, we're done here. Thanks for bearing with us through this the bye week episode. I swear to God, it'll be better next week when we have. Don't more no, make promises. No, 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 don't lie to lying, the people. Son of a bitch. Uh, I'm drinking out, even more. Hey, shout out to my <laughs> shout out to my friend Candace who said we got her through five and a half miles a couple weeks ago as she's training for a marathon. This podcast. That's why people are listening. We're gonna have more women on this thing because wait, was she, was she jogging thinking I cannot possibly finish this marathon worse than these motherfuckers. That's kind of where she's at. But every, and like, we're going to try and get more of that in here because like, we want to expand the audience. And it's toxic masculinity. Terrible. Yeah. And it, we're pretty toxic and you know, we're not, we're very, not masculine, very masculine, but we're very toxic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You've been listening Hi, to the Illuminati podcast presented by RP electrical solutions, LLC. You can call them at 813-949-2390. And Again, you can find them on Facebook at RP electrical solutions, LLC. Again, and that phone number is 813-949-2390. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.